with Sonar. I'm Luke Velasco. We've got a fantastic lineup for you today. We are stacked today, especially as we head into the final moments of the year. This is We only have one more with Sonar show before the year ends. We've got Christmas on Sunday. Then we've got New Year's shortly after that. Tony and Tanner, you guys, you guys ready to finish the year strong or what? Yeah, I mean, it's end of the year tier, which feels crazy because it feels like Yesterday was like summer, and now it's, what, 50 degrees outside? It's supposed to be like in the 20s by the end of the week. Today's first day of winter, too, I believe. I know. It's crazy. It is, yeah. Uh, Friday and Saturday are looking awfully cold. I'm not sure if I'm uh, excited about that or not. So. <laughs> yeah. Well, I can't tell you about the weather, but I mean, I can tell you about some freight, so, you know, we can kind of curve around that one here in a little bit. But uh, yeah, it's gonna definitely gonna be a chilly one. Um, but I'm excited here. We've got some very special guests that are gonna be joining us here in a moment um, from our, our friends over at Redwood Logistics. Um, but you know, I think a lot of the theme here, especially as we head into Christmas time, and uh, I know, Tony, you've talked a lot about this, is you know, what do those holiday bumps look like, right? There's each holiday throughout the year kind of has a different, a different, reaction mm-hmm. in terms of the freight market. So we're going to talk a little bit about, you know, what that'll do um, as we head into Christmas, New Year's, and then ultimately, you know, where that'll slingshot us uh, in which direction as we go into January. Um, before we talk to that, though, I want to bring in a couple of our guests here. So we've got two special guests, both from Webword today joining us. Uh, one is a former Freightways employee who is returning to WIS Sonar. Uh, uh, James Jackson, Director of Sales over at Rebel Logistics. Very glad to have you back here, James. And of course, uh, joining James is the VP of Strategy over at Redwood, uh, Sam Martinez. Sam, thank you also for joining. Glad to have you here. Um, James, you've been here before, so give the folks uh, a quick little reminder of who you are and, and what you're doing over there at Redwood. Hey, man, so great to be back. Great to see the team again. It's, uh, man, it's kind of like home, you know. <laughs> so now when I'm here at Redwood, my job is to uh, really just grow our strategic sales side and really formulate and sell across all platforms that Redwood has to offer. So Redwood is one of the pioneers who coined the term of LPAS, so that's logistics platform as a service. And so I'm part of Team Move. So we have Move, Manage, and Innovate. And so we can help help our strategic clients across all platforms as well, from your you know, traditional 3PL brokerage all the way up to our, our, our Rady API and uh, our software solutions. That's awesome. Glad to have you back here, James. Uh, Sam, uh, kick us off here. Give, give folks a quick little introduction of, your, of, of yourself and what you do over there at Redwood. Vice President of Strategic Solutions. I work and focus with Team Move, which is a team of sellers, you know, primarily focused on, you know, adding new accounts to our brokerage. Uh, past that, you know, the, the strategic solutions part is I work cross-functionally with manage and innovate divisions here at Redwood, which puts me in a really unique place. Uh, I'm really happy about that. And also recruiting talent. You know, I'm out there making sure, interviewing new candidates. I think the job market is uh, a weird place right now, but Redwood is growing. Uh, so for all of those uh, talented brokers out there, you know, hit me up on LinkedIn. I'm ready to engage. That's awesome. Glad to have you here. I don't know, uh, yeah. uh, James, if you're getting nervous by that, he's recruiting talent. So, you know, that's uh, could be questionable. No, I'm teasing. <laughs> but uh, I'm, I'm coming. I'm coming for you. I might I might follow you over there. Um, but no, folks, what, what something that I think is interesting that we we've got to got to discuss here, especially as we've got the year in the rearview mirror here. And um, Tony and Tanner, I'm going to actually pitch this question to you guys first, and then we're going to go over to you uh, and uh, Sam and James. 
Um, but uh, we, we've seen 20, 2022 has been definitely a volatile year. A lot, the last few years have, we know that. But 2020, 2022 has almost, dare I say, settled a little bit more compared to 2020 and 2021. From your perspective, what's maybe what surprised you the most about 2022? Maybe either that did happen or even that didn't happen. I'd say uh, for me, I think the biggest surprise has been the rate of the change, right? We've talked about it. Obviously you've seen the freight market slow down as a whole, right? And I don't think anybody is denying it now that things have changed dramatically, right? I mean, you start looking at rejection rates at sub 5%, spot rates are down, what, 25, 30% off their highs, mm. I mean, and still kind of in that decline. I mean, you're talking, I think the key or the biggest thing that was a surprise to me was how fast it all happened. It was yeah. like a switch flipped and the market just started softening. It was like we realized, hey, we have way too much capacity, demand is starting to slow or ease. I mean, you're seeing it and it just... It happened, it feels like almost overnight. Right. The interesting thing to me about this year is that it's something different every time that makes the market change, right? We talked about it being import demand. Then now we're talking about it being fuel. At one point, it was about warehousing. So it's interesting to see that there's so many different topics and so many different things that have made the changes this year versus in history. It's usually you know, one or two segments throughout the year. Um, that, that's really what we've been talking with our customers about and has been interesting about us uh, and about what's going on this year. That's great. Uh, Sam, let, let's go to you there more on the on the strategic side first. You know, you guys are, are you know, definitely boots on the ground. You've got your, your hands in a lot of places. You know, from your perspective, same question. You know, what surprised you most about 2022, either where we've, where we've landed or maybe, you know, how we got here? Yeah, a lot surprised me about 2022. Uh, I think what stands out most is the acceleration of which we saw kind of the tale of two markets in 2022. You know, the pandemic was crazy enough. And then, you know, March, we saw things start to decline. Uh, and I think, you know, that served for a lot of efficiency gains in terms of, you know, when you look at a company's landscape, are you primarily a broker? 90% of your revenue is coming in through your brokerage versus like a 4PL, uh, a Redwood, for example, we have multiple divisions. And I think when you see cycles like that, I've been in the industry for 14 years. I've typically seen it happen but not to where it happened this year. I think technology just across all sectors is for the shippers, for the carriers, for the brokers. I think we've just saw an accelerated you know, increase there. Uh, and I think for companies that are brokerage focused, and that's where the majority of their revenue is coming from versus the strategic 4PL, I feel like you have different gains in, in both, both directions. So uh, it, was a, it was a shocking year in 2022, but I think you know, Redwood handled it you know, very well. Yeah. Let me, I'm not going to forget about you, James. Sam, let me ask one follow-up on top of that, right? You know, kind of given, I guess, a lot of that acceleration there, and, and you guys are in a unique position to almost pull on different levers, if you will, of the business, right, rather than being a, a one-trick pony. You know, is that, I guess, how does that, when do you decide maybe which levers to turn up and maybe which ones to turn down based on how the market is, is shifting, it's 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 a good question. Uh, broad end of things, like executive leadership here at Redwood, right? They understand where the market's going. I think our clients and those partnerships for us probably hold the most truth in terms of like how are they shifting focus. You know, we saw by September or start of Q4, we saw a lot of shippers really 
get a hold of their domestic supply chains. You saw the annual bids go to semi-annual, go to quarterly, which all proved to be, you know, how good is your brokerage in a bad market? How good are your partnerships with your carriers so that they're in lock and step on in order to hold on to this contract footprint with your client, you need to have the carriers that you're working with most in those lanes, you know, on the same page and aligned there. So as far as like the other levers that we have at Redwood in terms of like our managed services division and technology, once shippers find and get a hold of their domestic supply chains, all of a sudden there's room for optimizations. All of a sudden they're going to look for ROI through technology and through, you know, also other spaces where during the pandemic, parcel shipping, LTL shipping, there was no network optimization going on and the rates were going up. And as soon as things start slowing down, the best shippers, the partners that we have start to find and strategize with their partners like a Redwood on where can we find gains and savings in LTL, in parcel. Uh, and so we look at all modes and all aspects of the supply chain to make sure that we're adding value. You know, that's why I like working at Redwood, honestly. That's awesome. James, boots on the ground there, right? You know, what's it what's it like? You're slinging the freight out there. All of us here are looking at numbers on the screen, but you know, what is uh what have those conversations been like through 2022? Yeah, no, definitely. Um, great question there. So our conversation from boots on the ground standpoint is touch off what Sam said. We're really feeling that tail of two markets and it shifted overnight. And I think it's nothing that we, it's not necessarily uncharted waters, but I would say that our cycles are getting shorter, but they're getting more rapid. You know, so we really have to stick stick to our niche markets, right? And um, just, just be overall, be omnipresent, right? So we need to um, just maintain that communication with, with, with our carriers. And, you know, we're going to, we, we just got to preach that message of, hey, we're here for the long haul. Um, the rates, rates are the rates are the rates, right? I mean, it's good market, bad market. I just think that if we just stick, stick to your core competencies, ensure that, that just unfathomable level of, of service from to your customers and you'll be all right. That's awesome. Tony, I, I saw you shaking your head there on, on kind of two things there, both when they were, when both Sam and uh, James were talking about, you know, shorting, sh shorter cycles and whatnot. How does, how do you, how, from your perspective, how do you think that'll play a role as we go into 2023? I mean, I think it's right now talking, I mean, especially around like the bid cycle, right? That, that talking from, as Sam said, I mean, when you start going from, the annual bid cycle to the semi-annual bid cycle down to quarterly, I think that's a trend you're going to see just given how fast the market is changing. I mean, you, you saw that acceleration. You have the technology available to do it now that you could have done it in the past, but it just wasn't as prevalent. And, and now shippers are kind of in this position to rebid freight a little more often. And I think that's going to be a trend you see, especially in 2023, I mean, yes, you're still going to have the annual bids. I don't think that's going away. I mean, there's a lot of shippers that are, I don't want to say stuck in their ways, but they know how the things are done, but they're able to use some of this technology within their supply chain in the broader sense. Like, if they can use an RFP for quarterly, that's just like the very difficult lanes, right? It's like they can attack certain segments of their business at one time that before you maybe didn't see that in previous cycles. 
And that definitely comes up when the market changes, right? Mm -hmm. So I'm sure one thing Redwood pays attention to is, is it's not really just about brokering freight. It's also about being a consultative partnership as well. And so when the market tends to go up and flips, which eventually next year it might do, if you don't have a strategic partnership and you don't take a consultative approach, usually these partnerships don't last. Um, so from your guys' perspective, is that kind of something that you pay attention to maybe moving into 2023? Do you have those consultative conversations about when you guys expect the market to change and, and help your customers understand what's happening in the market? Absolutely. Uh, you know, I think when, as the market has cooled off, and you know, what I alluded to earlier about, you know, shippers trying to find gain efficiencies, it's just that. And I think they look at us just as much as we look at them for understanding you know, is this a strategic partnership, you know, or are you just a broker? And we want to make sure on the client facing side at Redwood that the clients, you know, especially the ones with the, the vast, large, complex supply chains, that they see us as the right strategic partner and can add value in different ways. And so we want to be able to say yes to conversations as opposed to saying we don't do that. You know, Redwood Connect is a perfect example of, you know, integration, implementation. It's a middleware platform for shippers. And the big, biggest difference for me selling brokerage at other you know, companies versus Redwood is that I talk about the TMS and I talk about the integration implementation strategy for a client and saying, is that on your plate? Because transportation managers, yeah, they deal with domestic, they deal with the importing, the drayage, they deal with all the problems. But when they deal with technology problems, that's a whole different conversation that we want to help navigate those shippers and, and take that consultative approach so they understand that if there is more to gain from my TMS, if there's more to gain through connectivity and other logistics applications that are out there, that I have a partner already established moving my freight that I can turn to for other you know, supply chain optimization, if you will. Is there a, and I'll, I'll throw this question to both you, James, as well as Sam, is there a, you know, you, you, Rebel Connect is a perfect example, and I know we partner up with you guys on that side of the business as well. So it's, it's a great differentiator. As we go into not just 2023, but kind of that long-term vision of, let's just say, the rest of the decade, is there a um, is there a, a pathway or an avenue that that three PLs need to differentiate themselves? I, I forget the exact number. I was reading it the other day, and. It was around, there's there's over 30,000 uh, 3PLs in the United States. It might even be more than that, but I forget the exact number. It was, it, was a, it, was a, it was a very large number, right? Most of them never get above a million dollars in revenue. And it's, and it's kind of like what you're saying, right? It's hard to differentiate. So I guess, is there an element or, or is there a gap in our, in our industry right now that 3PLs can fill or kind of, I guess, what's that next? What's that next? Maybe piece of technology or, or consultative or um, or service that three PLs can fill to continue to differentiate themselves over the next, say, five years. Is there? And, and it's, yeah. I'm asking you for the, for a silver bullet here, and I know we don't have one, but give us give us the best guess. What is that? So so, given my background, right? I've worked for those million dollar companies. I've worked. You know, for the big ones, work for that technology. I think the biggest gap that we're going to be able to close within the next five years is, is just that technology thing. And when you go with a company such as Redwood, one of the things that stuck out with me is that we are tech-focused, but we are experts within that logistics field. And so as you grow and as just the industry changes, it gets faster, right? You're going to have to compete. And some of that, some of that old school brokerage technique may have worked for the last 30 years, but without this tech piece, 
you're going to need that for the next 30 years in order to be able to scale and be successful and fulfill what your customers are needing. So I think, I think that's going to be our biggest gap to overcome within the next five years. Yeah, I think the, in, in my opinion, you know, the, the gap is, you know, all about where competencies are as a 3PL in this space, you know, and I think we've seen accelerated growth from a lot of different brokerages through the pandemic. I think the sheer volume going through the network and the system was allowing a lot of brokers to accelerate faster than they ever thought they probably could. What came with that was a lot of hiring of bodies and people, right? So as a broker, are you tech enabled or are you people enabled or a combo of both? I think shippers are figuring out and weeding out the ones that, you know, are more manual and also, you know, adding the ones or keeping the ones that have the tools in place to automate. They understand the procurement strategy, how we're adding value through capacity and efficiency gains through, say, API rating. And then on the carrier side, you know, automating that carrier selection process through careful carrier selection. Um, It's about the right truck, right? Not always about the cheapest truck. So as you navigate price with shippers in this market, Again, a gap, right? That is very much a conversation that's always going to be fluid. No shipper wants to pay bottom of the barrel rates. And at the same time, no broker wants to offer bottom of the barrel rates because we service it better than that. Our value is more than that. So I think there's a gap there for the brokerage focused people. If you look at industry trends, just in terms of a lot of the MA that happened in 2022, you're seeing large companies merge. I think Uber Transplace is one of them. Where I think a lot of companies want to offer the full suite of services. I feel like Redwood is about two, two and a half years ahead of that game, just in terms of logistics platform as a service and that offering that we've coined. I think Gartner uh, will be very keen to that idea and which three PLs or four PLs are strategically placed themselves um, for sure, you know, market gains, you know, for the next five to 10 years. I see that as a quadrant. I see El Paso as a quadrant from Gartner um, very, very soon. No, definitely. Yeah, Gar- the, the Gardner Quadrant is going to continue, I think, to expand for supply chain and logistics and freight. I think that we're going to continue to see that. And it'll be really exciting to see, you know, wh- which which uh, which pieces gain a lot of traction. Now, it, it wouldn't be a sonar, it wouldn't be a with sonar episode if we didn't actually show a sonar chart. So we got to show a little bit of sonar data here. Um, and I, I'm going to take us... I, I'm actually going to go a little bit out of order, so hopefully the the crew in the back doesn't get too upset with me. We're going to talk about fuel here, okay? Because fuel has been a hot topic lately. And um, so we're going to talk a little bit about the the spread between wholesale and uh, retail prices right now. Because I think that's definitely thrown in a little bit of a wrench. certainly did for for quite a bit of of 2020. 2022. There's only 120 there, and uh, but I think it'll be interesting to see where that goes and its impact on spot rates as well as as well as contract rates. So let's go ahead and throw this up on the screen for for folks to to see here. So we've got we've got two lines there. We've got the ULSD uh, rack price in the dark blue. That rack price is basically the wholesale price. Most of the large carriers are buying their fuel out, and then you've got the retail price or the truck stop price up in. Uh, uh, yellow at the top. That's what most of your small carriers are buying diesel at, or if you happen to have, you know, a diesel car, you're probably buying pretty close to that price, um, plus or minus a few cents. Um, or, you know, if you're in Hawaii or California, you're probably paying $57 more per gallon. But uh, that's a big spread. And and we're, we noticed the choppiness on the way down, but the blue line, that wholesale price is, is definitely a lot faster to react. In fact, it's it's pretty much back where it was before the big ramp up in 2022 when, you know, Russia, Ukraine uh, really kicked off. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess, you know, 
Tony and Tanner, you know, what do you guys think this will do? Or maybe what are the conversations that we're having with customers today around this? And kind of, I guess, how are they thinking about that as we head into, into the new year? Yeah, it's definitely having an impact on the way our customers are thinking about fuel, especially when it comes to contracted rates, right? Contracted rates are on, they're falling down. Um, and so you obviously quote contracted rates based off the line haul and fuel. So if fuel is continuing to fall down, you're going to continue to see those fuel rates come down. And that also, carriers have to be able to have a line haul rate in order to be able to cover operational cost. And so if fuel is coming down, that means that their line haul rates are going to have to go up. Uh, and so that's something that all of our shipper clients and especially any broker or carrier who's quoting contracted freight moving into 2023, they're going to have to pay attention to that. And they have to understand that where are their operational costs at. And then from a broker side, where they feel like they're going to be able to cover with their network. And it's going to have an impact uh, as we move into 2023. And I, I expect this, this rack price to continue to fall. I expect retail to eventually start to follow it as well. Um, convenience stores were trying to hold on to that margin for as long as they could. Obviously, it's starting to hit the pump. Yeah. Um, we so know. <laughs> we're we're, we're going to see. Uh, uh, Tony, what what are you expecting it to happen in, in Q1? Yeah, yeah I mean, I, I think, think you're going to see a, a further decline, uh, barring anything crazy really happening, right? I mean, they're where they, I mean, rack prices kind of lead everything, re, lead the whole, the retail side, as you said. And now there's what, $1.83 spread between the wholesale and retail price? I think. Typically, that number is closer to a dollar to a dollar and ten. So, I mean, you're talking what 70, 80, 70, 80 cents that that retail price can fall right now with nothing and like have like no impact necessarily to those retail location, like the margins that they need to cover their expenses, those taxes and things like that. They want to be in that dollar, dollar ten range. So, I mean, You've got plenty of room to run. I think we're going to see diesel prices continue to fall here in Q1. Yeah. I, it would not surprise me to see that. So it certainly help a lot of the carriers run the spot market. All right, so we've got just about three and a half minutes left. So final question uh, to both uh, Sam and James here. James, we're going to start with you, and Sam, we're going to end on you. Uh, so, um, and we're going to hold you, hold you to this here, okay? So bold prediction. Give me one bold prediction for 2023. It could be anything that you want, something you think that'll happen, a disruption, where you think a data set's going to go. Um, you know, who you think is going to win the Super Bowl. Any prediction that you want, uh, let's make it. James, give it to us. So, <clears throat> bold prediction is I think that we're going to see a lot of exciting things. I think within the first first part of the year, it's going to still be a little bit rocky. But as we head into, you know, that really that X or that heart of, of produce season, we're going to start to see everything kind of level out a little bit. Um, and I think we're going to have an extremely strong finish to uh, to the end of 23. Um, as far as uh, the Super Bowl goes, even though we blew it last last week in the overtime, I think I think my Dallas Cowboys are going to going to go on and win it. I think Jerry's going to get them one first time in 30 years. I feel good about it. No chance, Eagles all the way. All right, let's go, Sam. <laughs> Uh, both good picks on the Super Bowl. Uh, my bold prediction is sustainability in 23, hitting you know the utmost importance uh, for clients, for brokers, for carriers. I think it's such a big buzz term. I, I think on the carrier side, some of the largest fleets out there are going to grow in this market. You know, they're just going to hire more drivers, uh, fuel. You know, not as a biggest concern for them. Uh, but they are going to find ways to navigate sustainability. They're going to start tracking their carbon footprint on a low-level basis because that's what the client, the shippers of the world, are going to start demanding. And I think the three PLs um, that can answer that question, 
you know, essentially check that box again, leads to how you're a strategic partner. So as these clients have executive teams asking about sustainability footprint, you want to make sure that even your broker partners are driving efficiency gains through their carbon footprints, which Redwood tracks at a low level starting the beginning of 23. We're in a pilot phase now. It's called Hyperion. Uh, and so we'll track it for every single one of our loads. Uh, we're strategically partnering with, you know, say 10 large shippers, and we're building a platform for by the end of 2023, ideally in Q4, we're going to be offering a platform to plug into, again, integration, implementation, technology company uh, into some of the more major TMSs out there. You know, so that data feed of, of your carbon footprint and the goals that you set, Redwood's going to help you be able to measure against it. That's my bold prediction, sustainability, and how you stand out as a carrier partner, asset-based or brokerage or 3PL, and how you answer that question. Awesome. That's good stuff. Sam's James, we're, we're out of time, but thank you both so much for your time here today. I uh, hope you guys have a Merry Christmas, a great new year, kicking off 2023 uh, uh, with, with, with a whole lot of momentum. So thank you again and have a good rest of your day. Thank Absolutely. You Thank you all so much. And uh, by the way, Redwood is hiring. So if y'all are looking for a change, someone out there, give us a call. And if you're a shipper who is in need of solutions, Jay Jackson at RedwoodLogistics.com will get you taken care of. I love it, James. I love it. Take care, all right? And for the folks watching, we're out of time, but we're glad you enjoyed the Whistler episode. We will see you next Wednesday live, same time, 3.30 p.m. Eastern time, uh, right after Christmas. And have a fantastic rest of your Wednesday.